Gospel Message, Week 87, Born of the Spirit. I wasn't originally scheduled to give the message today. Um, the person that was scheduled wasn't really aware that they were scheduled, so I had to take over the task because I just believe it's really important that we not skip any weeks when it comes to getting the Word of God out there. And um, so in, I had very short notice, so in, in I guess, thinking about what to speak on, I, I went into prayer and I said, well, um, you know, you read your Bible today, so what did the Lord reveal to you during the course of your Bible study? And I mean, there was a lot of personal Bible study and there was a lot that was given to me with regards to, I guess, certain trials and tribulations that I'm going to in my personal life. But what I did find was that the Bible passage in John chapter 3, uh, verse 3 came to me earlier today and I, I highlighted it. And that is uh, the passage or the verse that reads, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I have no recollection whatsoever of the events that transpired that led me to highlight this Bible passage. I know something inspired it and I remember it being really strong then, which is what made me highlight it. But now when I was trying to remember what the storyline was, quote unquote, I honestly could not remember. So I'm looking at the verse and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say about this? Um, because I know, I believe it's important, but I just couldn't remember what happened and why that verse came to me that caused me again, not just to read it, but highlight it in my um, Bible app. So I said, okay, I continued praying and I said, Lord, speak to your children, speak to us, speak to us. And this was really my prayer. The whole time I was trying to brainstorm on what to write about or what to speak about. And I said, okay, let me go and read the Bible passages for tomorrow, which is the mercy day. I said, let me go and read it. Maybe, you know, the Lord will speak to me through that. And I go and look at the reading that is set for tomorrow, the mercy day, which is um, the 10th, July the 10th. And it is John chapter three, verses one through 13. And I just said, wow. So again, he took me back to this John chapter three in which he highlighted or he caused me to highlight this verse three, which again reads, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So I previously, a few minutes ago, said that a lot of my personal Bible study today has been centered around, I guess, personal trials and tribulations. And sometimes things might seem personal, but maybe they're not all that personal just to me. Maybe there's someone out there that can benefit from the same lessons that the Lord is teaching me or using to guide me. So that is the premise on which I am sharing what I'm sharing now. And again, everything is coming out nothing pre-written. I'm just saying it as the Lord is just leading me to talk about it. And 
what is the personal trials and tribulations? I've just been feeling very confused as far as like, you know, ways to handle uh, crises or problems. And most of the problems I have, I'm not even going to lie. They're all interpersonal problems, dealing with other human beings, responding to people, you know, in the church, out of the church, at home, in the family, that type of stuff. But it's really been nagging at me. It's really been nagging at me. And I've felt myself really, I guess, getting, growing very weary, just very weary in general. And I honestly, well, maybe I do know why, but just weary of just having to cater or having to constantly curb, curb either responses or curb thoughts or whatever the case may be. But I just found, I am finding that interpersonal relationships are just getting very tedious for me. And I was thinking about this this morning and I said, Lord, you know, that cannot be of you because there is nothing in that that is characteristic of Christ. You know, intolerance is not the character of Christ. Impatience is certainly not the character of Christ. You know, doing as you please is not the character of Christ because Christ did not do his will. He did the will of the father. And so I now was saying while I was just talking to the Lord out loud, I'm like, okay, because the next thing I will start to do characteristically is I start going, reflecting on past behaviors or past ways of doing things. And then I start looking for a script or a manual. Okay. When this happens, this is what you do. When that happens, this is what you do. And I literally found myself with a headache. I literally had a physical headache by the time I was just done. And I said, what in the world am I doing? What in the world is going on in my head? Where is all this stress coming from when it comes to trying to manage myself, when it comes to trying to cope with things, you know, this interpersonal relationships that I'm finding to be really, really difficult. And I am believing that that was where this passage came from or this verse came from because at the end of the day sometimes we we try we when it comes to church and when it comes to the the when I say the church I mean the body of Christ other Christians you know a lot of times we do what our neighbor is doing we do what this person is doing we do what that person is doing and where that can be good you know, as far as examples are concerned, because look, what is the, what is one of the roles of the, of the church of Christ? We're supposed to support each other. We're supposed to help each other. We're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to love one another. And one of the characteristics of love is helping your brethren, you know, being a shoulder for someone to lean on, so on and so forth. But one of the things we also do is, you know, we do do like I do, you know, handle this the way I would handle it. You respond the way I would respond. Can't you be like sister, this person, can't you be like brother, that person. And there's this whole thing of comparison and, you know, this expectation that we're supposed to do things like somebody else. And I think this is what I was thinking of where my mind was now going berserk and I was physically having a headache. And I, and I believe the spirit was just telling me in that moment, you know, in as much as that is a general principle and it is a general rule, it is not the rule. It is not the foundation. It is not the basis of this Christianity that we walk in because Christianity is 
of Christ. It is of Christ. And again, we cannot do like Christ because we're not supposed to be emulating Christ or copying Christ when we are born again. And that is the foundation of Christianity. When we come to Christ, we are coming to Christ with a certain self. And that self that is coming to Christ, in that moment, we are realized, we are being made to realize because we're not, we, it doesn't come from this flesh and blood. It comes by an impartation of the Spirit of God coming to us and either revealing to us through our struggles or through our lifestyle or through the troubles that we're going through or through the Spirit just telling us that it is time that, you know what, you doing things according to you has to stop now. It has to stop. This self, this way, this person, this mindset, this way of thinking, this way of acting, this way of looking at yourself, these rules and regulations that you set for yourself, this um, projection that you make about, okay, my life needs to go like this or my life needs to, it needs to stop because you must die at this point. And then Christ has to now come in and there is a rebirth. There is a regeneration. Old things have passed away. All things are anew. Not just the outward. Outward is secondary. It starts from the inside. So even when we kill ourselves with, with procedures and formulas, and I have to do it like this, I have to do this, I have to do this regimen, I have to do that regimen. Christ is saying, that is not the foundation of me. The foundation of me is me. Jesus Christ himself, Christ now speaking to us from that moment and dealing with us in a new way, different from how we have allowed him to deal with us before. All things have passed away. And that's why it says, unless a man be born again, that is the foundation, being born again. How can you be born if you are already in existence? That means the other existence must die. And too often we talk about, oh, I have to stop doing this. I have to stop doing that. I have to stop going here. I have to stop doing this. Again, all these rules and regulations and procedures and patterns that a lot of times we are thinking up for ourselves or we have heard someone who practices that is now preaching it as that is the way to go. Christ is personal to each and every one because my makeup might not be your makeup. So the way Christ might steer me to go in him might be very different from the way he's going to steer you to go because of our individual makeup. So what we have to do when we come to this point of surrendering everything to Christ is really this mental acknowledgement of I cannot make the plans for my own salvation. I have to surrender my life to Christ and let him make the plans for my salvation. And sometimes that really requires us to do one thing. Nothing. Nothing except 
Jesus first, Jesus second, Jesus third. And, and I know it might sound vague because a lot of times we again, we're like, what the heck does that mean? Jesus first, Jesus second. I need a to-do list. I need to hear that I have to get up and pray at nine o'clock and then follow it by 12 o'clock and then follow it by six o'clock and then three o'clock and I have to do this and I have to do that. When you are born again as a baby, what do you do? You do nothing. You are totally and completely dependent on the mother who gave birth to you or whoever is the adult in whose care you are in at that time. A newborn babe can do nothing for themselves. So why do we as newborn babes in Christ think we have to come into it with a to-do list, with an agenda, with a plan, with a strategy, and we go crazy we fall short because we set the standards. When Christ is saying, all I ask you to do is come to me. Surrender to me. And when you surrender, in that moment of surrender, you do nothing but surrender. And then listen for the spirit to now start to move. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And this life, I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. Listen to what he's saying. It is no longer I who lives. The I who makes the plans, the I who strategizes, the I who has to have a to-do list, who has to do it like this or do it like this or do it like that. It is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives within me. And then it goes further to now let us know this me, this I, this life that I live in the flesh, this person, this human being who is making this acknowledgement to surrender. This life I live in the flesh I live by the faith, the faith of the Son of God. What is the faith of Jesus Christ? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Because this was the revelation that came and says, the faith of the Son of God is a reality. Jesus Christ is not hoping in anything. Everything has already been established to him. He knows God. He is not waiting to meet God. He is with God. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He looks upon the face of the Father every single day. He knows heaven. He knows what heaven looks like. He knows what I have to do in order to make heaven. He knows how I have to live my life in order for my life to be pleasing to the Father. His faith is substance. His faith is reality. His faith is real. I hope, but I am hoping in the one who does not have to hope. Because every hope has already been materialized for him. It has already been realized. There is no if with Jesus. He's already there. And all he's doing now with us is helping us to get there. But he is the way. He is the how. He is the when. He is the truth 
and he is the life. The life that I have to live, I live by his faith, which is a reality, which is a substance. There is clarity. He sees the end. He sees the middle. He sees where I am. He knows what I'm going through. He knows my makeup. He knows what I have to deal with. Whatever it is I'm going through as a human being, as a daughter, as a son, as a wife, as a husband, as a child, as a CEO, as someone who is unemployed, as someone who is ill, as someone who's in despair, as someone who is suffering addiction, as someone who is under bondage, as someone who is bound by chains of some iniquity or another, as someone who is in torment, as someone who lives every day in fear and confusion, as someone who has been deceived by worldliness, whatever it is that I am in, whatever it is that I am, he knows, he sees, And he knows how to get me from where I am to eternity with him. So what on earth am I strategizing for? I know nothing. He knows everything. And he says, come to me. Give your life to me. And he will make me a new creation. I will then be born again. And unless a person be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. Who is the kingdom of God? Remember, when Jesus was speaking to the people who came to listen to him, to the multitude, he said, the kingdom of God has come unto you. Christ is the kingdom of God for me now to now lead me into the eternal kingdom of God. But as long as I remain entrapped in this life, in the blinders that are on me by the world, in the blinders that are on me by by misguided teaching and misguided understanding. I have a zeal. We all have a zeal to serve Christ. But sometimes there is so much human effort in our service and very little surrender. And therefore we find ourselves burdened. We are laboring walking around like a dog chasing his tail. We make no progress. We are stagnant for one reason and one reason only. We don't come to him. And that's why he said, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, do you feel the burden? Because I know I do. He says, come and I will give you rest. What is the rest? You don't have to do it. I will do it for you. Your life now becomes a vessel where Christ now enters and the will of God is now made manifest through your life, through my life, to the life of anyone who comes to him. We can't even see him. We can't even recognize him unless we are born again. And we cannot be born again until we acknowledge 
that it is time for this life to die. This, I have all the answers. I know everything. I am following my strategy and my formula, and I've been doing that all my life. It worked for this person. It worked for this person. So who are you saying I have to do nothing? Christ said it. I'm not saying it. He said, come. And whatever it is that he needs to do with my life, he will do. But he can't use my life until I give my life to him. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. No man, no woman can see the kingdom of God unless he be born again. So the question is, are we ready to be born again? Because if we are, Christ is ready to give us new life, new life in his spirit. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.